or our main scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of John. And we find ourselves with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is in the midst of a prayer. And it's John 17, verses 20 through 26. Jesus is praying, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me and I am, am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that those also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world does not know you, but I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made your name known to them, and I will make it known, so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, that's it for today. We have a game tomorrow, so get some rest tonight. And remember, ties and jackets tomorrow. Clay. Mr. Cruz. I'm impressed with what you've done, but you came up short. You owe me 80 suicides and 500 push-ups. Please leave my gym. Thanks, Clyde. Gentlemen, see you tomorrow. I'll do push-ups for him. You said we're a team. One person struggles, and we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph, right? I'll do some. I'll run suicides, too. I do some too.
Fine. Let's keep count. Call me when they're done. We're a team. One person struggles, we all struggle. One player triumphs, we all triumph. This scene in the movie, Coach Carter, marked a change in the players. Because it was at that point that they realized what it meant to be a team. It was there that they realized what unity meant. Timo Cruz had quit because the new head coach's high expectations were too much. He was like, none of us can do this. So he quit. But then when he wanted to rejoin the team, the coach gave him a long list of stuff he had to do first. And as we saw, he didn't make the cut. And that's when... Every single one of his teammates, the last one reluctantly, started taking up for him so that he could finish, so that he could rejoin the team. Those players chose unity. But unity isn't just found on a sports team. If you haven't noticed through social media and television and the internet, the world has suddenly become smaller in a way. Because suddenly events happen and the entire world is watching together. Years ago, the world watched and celebrated the fall of the Berlin Wall. Over the years, the world has watched together as, war, as wars have unfolded. And the world has learned what it means to mourn together over senseless attacks. That's unity too. Because when these events have taken place, it doesn't matter what nation you belong to or what our differences are. It just matters that we're all human. In the prayer that Jesus is praying today, he's praying and asking God for unity. And Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knows that he's about to be arrested and betrayed. And he decides to pray. And at first... At the start of chapter 17, Jesus prays for himself because he knows that the cross is coming. So he prays for the strength to face the cross. And then he prays for his disciples, those who had been journeying with him, those who had been doing ministry with him. And finally, he prays for believers to come. He prays for us. Think about that. Jesus, knowing what is about to happen, chooses to pray for us. He chooses to pray that future believers would find unity. Unity marked by belief, oneness, 
and love. All three of these things found in the prayer that Jesus prayed for us. Jesus starts out this section of the prayer praying that there simply be future believers. That the belief in in who Jesus is and God entering time would be passed down. Jesus is praying for disciples to be faithful and sharing the good news that God has entered our land. Jesus is praying that this belief be shared and not just kept. And it's, it's a belief that isn't just a logical belief that there must be a God. And I guess it's this God. But it's a belief grounded in actually knowing Jesus. And being able to say that Jesus died for me. And being able to say that I know my Lord. And he isn't just someone written about in the Bible. But he's someone I know. And this belief leads to a transformed life. Because it's a belief that if, you, if we know who Jesus truly is, if he says who, if, if he truly is who he says he is, we can't keep it to ourselves and we, we can't just keep living the life that the world encourages us to live. It's a belief that changes us and encourages us to share it with others because we know of how it has changed our life. And it's a belief that we know can transform others' lives as well. And this belief, it leads to and challenges us as believers to claim our oneness. And sometimes we can look at the prayer or, and we can think that Jesus is wanting us to think exactly the same, speak exactly the same, act exactly the same. But Jesus isn't praying that we be clones or robots. The oneness that Jesus is praying for, for believers to claim is a oneness that embraces what we do differently and how we are different. It's a oneness that is only about the fact that the one thing we share in common is Jesus as our Lord. And it's choosing that one thing, our one Lord, to be the one thing that matters. To be the one thing, the one person who draws us all as believers together. Instead of letting our differences keep us apart. And this oneness and this belief and ultimately this unity that Jesus is praying for is grounded in love. Six times in five, or five times in six verses, Jesus mentions 
the word love. That should mean something. He talks about in the prayer how love is the foundation of the triune God. Love is what connects God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And no, I'm not going to attempt to explain the Trinity. Um, But he's praying that, praying and saying that love is what connects God, what holds God together. And then he reminds us that love is also what drew God to our world. Love is what brought the creator of the universe into our time, into our world, into flesh just like ours. Love is what carried Jesus to the cross. And love is what Jesus earnestly prayed would be within believers, present and to come. Love of God and love of one another. He's praying that we as believers choose love over fear, that we choose this love over our differences, that we choose love because of who we know Jesus Christ to be. Unity is typically found and bound in people when we have a shared vision or a shared identity. In the movie, Coach Carter, his vision for his players was of an identity for them of more than what they thought of themselves. His vision for them was that they could be successful on the basketball court, in the classroom, and in their own personal lives. And this was a team when he entered, no one wanted to coach. They were so bad. But when these players began to buy into the vision and his encouragement not to just believe in themselves, but to believe in each other. They found their unity, and they found their strength. And Coach Carter is a real man from Mississippi. And that team became successful when they found their unity, when they owned their vision, when they found their shared identity. Jesus has given us as believers, a shared identity. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus made sure that we knew that we are worthy because we have been made heirs of the kingdom of God. Jesus made sure that we knew that we were worthy of him walking to the cross so that we might receive and know what true forgiveness is. And in the empty tomb, Jesus made sure that we knew that we are worthy 
of everlasting life. That is the identity that Jesus gave us. An identity of worthiness. An identity of being a child of the living God. And in the prayer from John 17, Jesus set for us a vision for us as believers to claim. A vision of believers coming together. A vision of believers choosing our Savior, choosing our Lord, instead of standing apart. And I think all of us know how hard unity actually is. It's hard enough sometimes as a local church, let alone a global church, to find unity. So often, we let our differences be our excuse to stand apart. Instead, of realizing that when we stand together, when we come together as believers, knowing our differences, that we are showing our strength in standing together. But that's hard. It just is. Choosing unity. Choosing Christ. But that's what we're called to do. That's who we're challenged to be. Believers who choose our Lord, knowing our differences, knowing that we're going to be really annoyed at each other, knowing that we aren't going to agree with each other, but choosing to stand together, to come together because we have decided that the only thing that matters is the fact that we all call Jesus our Lord. The question is whether or not we're going to turn our eyes to our King. Whether or not We're going to do that because Jesus in the prayer, he basically told us that when, when we focus on him, he's going to give us the unity we need. But so often we allow ourselves to get sidetracked and we make faith into a political or theological debate, which we can have those debates. We just can't allow them to keep us as believers divided. Jesus said, look at me, focus on me, and I'll give you the unity you need. Is in this unity that Jesus said in the prayer, is in this unity and believers standing together, coming together, Choosing our Lord, this is how the world will see that Jesus is real, that Jesus is king. 
when we choose him. Knowing our differences. This is where the glory of God is revealed. When we come together. Embracing the fact that we're not always going to get along. Embracing the fact that we are all different. And that we are all loved. By the same God. That on that one cross thousands of years ago. All of us received the same forgiveness. So the question for us is this week, what can we do to choose our Lord, to choose that unity, and to become the church that Jesus prayed earnestly that we would be? Let us pray. Lord, we come before you as a people who know what it means to be divided. But Lord, we pray that you will help us focus on you, that you will help us choose you over anything and everything else so that in our unity, and are coming together as believers, others may see and know that you are real, that you are who you say you are. Help us to reveal your glory and our unity as your, your beloved children. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen.